If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the GOAT Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a GOAT, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the GOAT Consulting Podcast. This is part two with Rachel Layton, our first guest ever and a female GOAT and the managing partner of the Juice Bar. Yes. And, and we've got a great conversation for you today. Uh, I won't tell you a whole lot about it. I'll let the podcast speak for itself, but the title is great. You're the man. You're the man. Obviously, you've accomplished more in 15 years than most people do in a lifetime. Do you think, number one, that we still live in what people refer to as the male-dominated world? And if so, has that has that impacted you or your gift or your ability to find it and use it? Mm-hmm. Um, the answer to your first question is yes. I do think we still live in a male-dominated world. Okay. Um, I think it's supported in data. You can see that across all kinds of executive studies mm-hmm. that there still isn't a lot of representation of females in the in the executive room, in the boardroom. Um, and yes, it has directly impacted me. And I think it actually attaches to my gift. Um, because I was raised in such a gritty place in a cornfield in Indiana, and my family is very Midwestern. It's like, you know, you fall down, get back up, you're fine. Um, you got this. There. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they'd love to have you. They have a squirrel problem right now. So. No, deer. deer white tail only. <laughs> you got you to start small, bud. You got to start small. Okay, I'll bring um, the whole kid. <laughs> bring the heat. Bring the heat. Um, but yeah, I think because of that, I was uniquely positioned um, to be able to get through that. And I always kind of knew that was what I was going to be going up against. And I just accepted that as my destiny is to open a door and stand in it and hold enough space for it to stay open, um, but also to find great champions. I mean, John has been an awesome sure. champion for me. And it's yeah. it's really critical to always include in this conversation that yes, women do struggle and they do get treated differently and they do get paid less. Um, but there's a lot of men who are waking up to that and standing beside them in the those moments, John is that type of a person who will cheerlead, you know, anyone on. And I've been fortunate to have him in my life to always be cheering for me and rallying for me and, you know, sharing, you know, my background as if I'm one of the goats, you know, and I've never got any cheerleading from him. I look forward to that in our future. You're going to be doing it for your four daughters. So (laughs) you assure. And here's one of the questions that I asked Rachel, and, and this really has this statement has bothered me for a long time. And whatever the word that associates with feeling, I don't know, fear, I don't know what it is. But it's a vulnerable moment because, again, I've I've talked about this with the greatest goat in my life, Vanessa, my wife, and probably just a couple of other people. But I, I remember asking Rachel this question recently around this thought that I see posted every now and then on social media or out there, and it, it is, I want every little girl who is told she is bossy to be told she has leadership skills. And when I first read it, like, I got angry mm-hmm. because I thought, 
I would never describe a leader as bossy, nor would I ever want to be described as bossy. Right. And my my initial shallow without thought or other's perspective reaction was, well, that's dumb. Like, because that's just not, that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Like somebody that's bossy, male, female, whatever, they're bossy. And then I was talking with Vanessa and who's opened my eyes to a number of things and posed the question to Rachel, and maybe you can talk a little bit mm-hmm. about this, because I think you alluded to it just a moment ago. Is there a double standard? Because the thought that I, I think came out of a couple of conversations for me was, okay, so maybe a little girl or woman in mm-hmm. general that's exhibiting the same kind of behaviors that a man might be exhibiting, mm-hmm. whereas one's described as, and it's the same behavior, but one as the man is described as leadership skills and one for the the woman might be described as bossy. Is mm-hmm. that what happens? And mm-hmm. is there a double standard more to your point that you were just talking about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the, the thing that I try to give grace to people in this moment is think about the first time you experience anything, you notice it. And you're paying attention to it. Whereas if you've seen something over and over and over, you just, you get used to it and you don't notice it. Men have been doing these things in business for a long time. It's normal for all of us, including females, to see men doing things that we emulate and call leadership and management and those types of things. Because females are working their way up in this world. It's the first time that men are seeing a woman say, no, 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 that's not the way that I see it. The way I see it is X, Y, and Z, and here's the plan, and here's how we're going to do it. And because it's happening, starting to happen more frequently, but it's been infrequent up to this point. It's in human nature to notice it. And a lot of times, unfortunately, as humans, we don't really like change. Mm -hmm. I mean, just simply put, all humans, men, women, whatever. Um, And so I think that it's natural to resist something initially because it's unknown. And we're sort of in this unique opportunity as a world to Let's resist change in a way of we don't need to have a hatred behind it or an angry feeling behind it. Let's lean in and say, you know what? You are different. I've never really realized that. I've never paid attention to it, and that's on me. But, you know, why are they calling you bossy? Yes, to answer your question, I get that all the time. Mm. Um, People call me that, and I'm sure there's other names too because I'm very (laughs) direct. That's part of my Midwestern upbringing. I've had to soften it a little bit as I've become a Southerner. I might be from there, though, too, a little bit. There you go. Um, in the 1950s. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, right. I think that— In a cornfield. <laughs> in a cornfield. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think that the double standard is because it hasn't been done so much. When girls were entering the workforce, they were only given certain types of jobs. I like and how you frame that. That was really kind of what they were taught to do is not— do those things. Mm -hmm. And so when they started doing them, everyone, including females in the room, were like, what are you doing? Right. This isn't your place. And what we've realized is as men continue to hold doors open for us and welcome us to the table and prop us up to hear our voices, what they're saying is, you know what? I've never thought about this before. And it's not that I'm not mad at you guys for it. I understand it. And if you can understand it, then you can work together because everything about change has to do with education and me educating you and saying, yes, this happens to me. It happens to me every day. It was really hard for me to kind of step out of my middle-aged white guy. Um, Persona. Perspective. <laughs> yeah. I guess I might say it that way or or head, my, out of my own head and think, okay, gosh, I never thought of it mm-hmm. that way. 
Yeah. I just thought bossy's bossy. Right. Right. But I love I love how you talked about that. Um, one other question. I want to get an initial reaction from you on this. <laughs> I'm on the spot. Yes, so I love it. You have I, been the whole interview, right? I recently <laughs> I recently read Gosh. that Nasdaq is. Requ- I don't know if this is uh, in concrete or they were considering, but every trading company on Nasdaq mm-hmm. is requiring their companies that are, that want to trade to have one female on their board. Mm-hmm. What's your initial reaction to that? You know, um, it makes me happy. I think it's opening up the doors for females to be represented. And I know that there's a lot of work being done in that place. And for some, an organization so big to step up and say, it's time that we participate. Um, whether it's forever or not, I find myself uh, relieved that bigger companies are sort of overcoming this taboo of like, we're going to make this official. We are looking for the best female of all time to come and work for this. You know, we're looking for some goats, and they're all out there. They're not always getting a chance to talk on a podcast, but they're all out there. Yeah. Well, you challenged me and when, when you said what you just said in, mm-hmm. in a conversation recently because what I said to you was my initial reaction mm-hmm. is, I don't care if you're all white males, all mm-hmm. white females, black. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Right. If I'm investing in a company, I want whoever's going to be on there that's going to generate the best return for me. Mm-hmm. I don't care who it is or right. what their demographic is made of. And you said, well, let's talk about what the best means. Yes. Because what the de- we've had we have data and yes. which you alluded to earlier that shows this, but we don't necessarily have data that shows what it could be right. if this was implemented. And that really changed my perspective. I thought, geez, that's it's and it, you nailed it with mm-hmm. that, right? Like I, it, I, I kind of what, what you're saying, I, I agree with what how you responded. I want the best people, but kind of how you go back if a, a man and a woman react the same way, the behavior is different. Uh, at what point do you need that different perspective? Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the challenge. And so I definitely I agree. Like it's in a weird way, I agree with both. Mm-hmm. Well, like sure. I don't want a woman in there if she's not the best. Mm-hmm. But part of that maybe my age too is that I've seen the come up somewhat. And when I'm looking for a new employee, I just hired a COO. When I'm looking for that person, I didn't care if it was a black, white woman, Asian. I didn't care what it mm-hmm. was. I wanted the best person. But it's uh, to have that unique perspective. I think could can make the other people better. Mm-hmm. So maybe the woman, maybe she's not the best. Maybe she's the second best. But that perspective could make the best men in that room even better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I think the the challenge I was presenting to John was, what if we thought in abundance instead of in scarcity? That's right. Um, you're assuming that the woman isn't the best because she hasn't already been chosen for the job. But what you don't understand is the context is she never even got a, cho- a chance. Or the, yeah, or that she was the real issue here is that she was mandated to give the chance, right? And now but, she has that door open so she can step in there and show that she's the best. But yeah. before she was likely being overlooked. Yeah, because we won't change. Right. And so you know the thought is instead of saying I don't care who's in there, I want the best results. My question back to John was, how do you know this isn't going to bring even right. better yep. results. Well, and that's the point of it, right? Because right. one of the other things I shared, I think, in that conversation is I've sat on many nonprofit boards in town. In fact, one specifically that we have a connection with that, surprisingly, uh, white males were the minority on this particular mm-hmm. board, and yet at the, every year we'd have this conversation, well, we need to get more diversity. And my pushback was always, look, 
as long as you're willing to call somebody like me, like a middle-aged white guy, and say, hey, we had somebody that was more qualified, but because you're middle-aged and white, we want you to sit on the board, which that's never going to happen, right? But I think, again, more to this concept, my middle-aged white guy type of thinking Mm -hmm. Doesn't have the op- doesn't leave the opportunity to look at other solutions where maybe maybe the outcomes would be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I I want to just take a moment and pause and like and thank you for walking into this unknown as yourself because you guys have had the luxury, and even to some degree, I have. I'm a white female. Um, we've had a luxury that other people don't have to never have had to really worry about this or think about it. The only reason we're talking about it is because the change is happening and change is uncomfortable. This is just like starting a new workout. You're not good at pumping iron in the very first time you're there. You look like Bambi, you know? I'm not good at it anymore. Well, (laughs) and maybe this needs to go back to your routine. Another homework, yeah. Yeah. Um, But, and so for me, I think the one of the, things I try to like enter into this conversation is if we react to change with abundance and we hope that it's going to be better with this endearing faith that there's good out there. Mm -hmm. And maybe, just maybe we could think for a second that we haven't already had all the best people on a board. And one of the things that I challenge John and it says, what is the best? Yeah. You know, my definition of the GOAT is different than John's. Um, And that's actually great because we were able to sort of struggle through that and talk through that together. And because of that, we both came away with a bigger perspective. I came away with uh, more space in my heart for someone who I love who has a different perspective than me. And I can be more patient because I can make the next person I disagree with John in my mind, and I can give them more compassion. And you can still be okay with being wrong about people. Oh, well, you know, sometimes people who are wrong don't want to be wrong, and they keep bringing it up. But I mean, it's fine. It's funny we're having this conversation about the different perspective because my best friend that I've grown up with my whole life is a black male. And uh, we've been best friends. When we played, we played together baseball from the time we were six years old till we were 18. And when we traveled together, we split a hotel room. So, you know, me and my dad would stay in a bed when when I was 10 years old, and him and his dad would stay in the other queen bed. And we had the, he came back in town. I probably hadn't seen him in a year. And uh, he came and stopped by. He's an accountant in, in Atlanta. CPA, and um, he came up here, and we had this conversation. It's like, mm. you know what, all the all the racism talk going on, and I was like, I never, like, I've never looked at you different because you're a black male or because anybody else is the height or their, their weight or anything like that. And he's like, I understand you haven't, but it's because you've grown up with me. Mm-hmm. Some other people that haven't grown up with somebody like me have a different perspective than you, and you have to mm-hmm. understand that. I, this is the the woman thing opening my mm-hmm. eyes too, but also the black male. He's like, I, I do get treated differently. Absolutely. And I'm like, no, I would never treat you differently. He's like, no, I understand you don't. Yeah. But you've grown up with this. Yeah. You've well, grown yeah. up with this synergy that yes. it doesn't matter if I'm black or white or tall mm-hmm. or short. And I was like, you know, that's that's really wild that I've never really thought about that at all because I haven't experienced that. But that right. doesn't mean that he doesn't. That's right. And I'm not in his shoes or your shoes. you're not with him when exactly. he gets treated that way. And one thing that I think, you know, you're bringing a, a phrase to my mind that my mom used to say to me when I was a kid, if somebody would hurt my feelings because they did something that I didn't expect them to do, she would say, you think just because you would never do that, that they would never do that. And that's not how the world works. Yeah. And, and you know so what I love? opening our mind to that. I love 
this conversation today and the conversation you had, and it made me think of a quote. You mentioned something a minute ago about being uncomfortable or something like that. And it reminded me of this quote, discomfort is the price of admission to a meaningful life. That's true. And the the, the way this year has fast-forwarded these kinds of conversations, at least for me, I feel like has made so much more meaning and opening for connection. It's been really good for me. Well, and, and I think if you're a CEO or if you're looking to put a board together and you hear a quote like, Rachel is a leader in our company and has demonstrated not only the kind of young, motivated expertise we look for, but also the willingness to take risk. These are new times we're living in, and she embodies our guest-first focus. I think that epitomizes the point that you're trying to make, mm-hmm. is that before we can have that change, you've got to recognize that if you do bring different people together, which is what diversity is. You get the unique perspective, mm-hmm. yeah. unique education, and unique experience. And, and, it, and, and the takeaway for you is that you look differently at innovation, mm-hmm. at creativity, mm-hmm. at problem solving, mm-hmm. and customer insights, which is all what that quote is about. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you got to think too, like um, the people who helped me get to my career were mostly men. Um, I mean, it's men who took a, a chance on me, and I named out some of them. I mean, the quote you're reading is from, you know, another another great person in my life. Yeah. And I think one thing to just, like, impart on you guys as you now think about this ongoing, and I know mm-hmm. you guys are the kind of people that would chew on an idea like this for a long time, is I don't think your friend who is black wants you to say, I don't see you as black. I don't want John to say, I don't see you as a female. I want you to see me mm. and what I bring. I, he wants you to see he is black, and that's yeah. what he brings to this moment. What that's I thought. bring to this table is I am a female, and that means something different. And having to be a white female versus if we had a black female sitting here, she would bring something totally different. And being able to just see that. I hate when people say, I don't see color, I don't see gender, I don't da-da. Like, that's the problem. <laughs> you don't see it. See it's beautiful. It. It's good. I think we'll leave it right here by saying like this. It. We'll finish up instead of our, our definition of GOAT, which is competing on perspective, education, experience, new levels of energy, giving energy, getting energy, new levels of challenge result. We'll leave it with somebody that's done something that nobody else has done before and can you, continues to want to do it better. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thanks. Well done. Hey, I'm Thanks Colby. for coming on today. Absolutely. Thanks for having Such me. Rachel, we, we really appreciate you being here. I'm Colby Jubinville. We were we were a little bit longer than a car ride to work and a car <laughs> no, ride home. Two car rides. Uh, yeah, maybe That's you right. stopped by and got a little gas at the gas station. Can we name, maybe, this, can we name this two car rides? Maybe you stopped yeah. by the juice bar and checked out yeah. their new menu. Uh, we like we hope you do that. For Tyler, for John, for Rachel, and for myself, and for always for Carl for putting this together, this is the Goat Consulting Podcast. Boom. Um.